Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Welcome back. This is Stack and Penny's Championship Edition, talking to a champion himself. Ryan Flores, front tire changer of Ryan Blaney's Ford Mustang, wrapping up his championship day. We also crowned Cole Custer, who we talked to on Saturday night, and Ben Roads, a ton of stuff to get into right here on Stacking Pennies. Buckle up. We are presented by Mobile One. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. Big day, guys. Holy moly let's just get right to it i'm joined by one of my best friends if not the best friend i have and now he's a 2023 cup series tire changing champion mr ryan flores what a what a couple days it's been let's freaking go round of applause sounds good yay (sighs) oh you look like a champion i feel i i feel like one i feel you still look a little hungover I, I don't I don't um get you know, I don't do go go too hard on the alcohol. I'm not very good at it. But I knocked down a stogie. Did oh, you? Yeah. Well, championship. Oh yeah. Cigar, huh? Yeah, they rented out a bar in uh Westgate there where we all stay in Phoenix and I think Blaney had a puke and rally. Yes. Yeah, there was there was a couple <laughs> my my carrier, Trevor Apsey, he's a pretty built guy. He had his button down shirt all the way unbuttoned at one at one point just was roger there getting a little wild roger roger wasn't pointing. roger wasn't there everybody <sighs> else was it was a it was a good time yeah it was it wasn't too like it was a good time without being too much of a good time you yeah. know, it didn't get too crazy but yeah uh, flew back yesterday flew back yesterday um you land and just got smacked right in the face with powder coat oven was broke so i went there and fixed that but yeah like i think that's been the biggest thing um so i was fortunate fortunate enough to be on the car in 2011 with Tony Stewart when we won the championship. I didn't have as much of an impact on that car as like changing tires or anything. So it's definitely different, but it felt like, it felt like, you know, being 23 at that time, like you're going to win the championship and everything's going to be different the next day. Like everything's like the world is a different place and you wake up Monday and it's just Monday. It's just the same. It's like, yeah. And I think that's right. Yeah. And like, you know, here, 12, 13 years later to win again and and kind of just the road to get here and, and the win is a tire changer. It's just like, I just feel more of like a sense of accomplishment and kind of almost like a weight's lifted off your shoulders. So we can get right into your day, uh, yeah. but let's talk about a little bit of the emergence of Ryan Blaney. We talked about it a little bit um, in previous shows, but you and I talk about it a lot where, and a lot of guys, Kyle Petty had some, uh, some sharp words earlier in the season compared Ryan Blaney to Casey Kane. 
and I would agree with him at that point of the season, he had some valid points. Uh, but I think halfway through the playoffs, or was there a distinct point where there's a little bit of maturation, a little bit of closing out the day when the 12 car has speed? Because last year, you didn't win a race besides the all-star race. Won the most amount of stages, but couldn't get in victory lane. Big difference between last year and this year's playoff run. Yeah, I think closing out the 600 was a big deal um, from start to finish because I think even Kyle was pretty honest with me when he came in and did second penny. He said, y'all got to figure out how to finish races off. And I think that when I look at the season as a whole, like we get into the playoffs and Texas, um, Ryan, we had a decent day and Ryan sped on pit road on the last pit stop, then ended up wrecked. And I think that was kind of a watershed moment for him. Like, hey, am I going to take the bull by the horns here and get this back? Or, you know, am I going to let this playoff hope disappear and we go to Talladega uh, with one goal and knew that we were there to win the race and just executed the day flawlessly? There were there was a point in time in that day, the only flaw we had in the whole day was a missed block in the second stage and we didn't get stage points in the second stage. And uh, just reeled it back in. Ryan reeled it back in. He got a little frustrated, reeled it back in, and um, went on and won the race. And it was like, hey, we came here knowing we were, we could win this race, knowing we needed to win this race, and we did it. And then, you know, Vegas was was strong, Homestead was strong, and then obviously Martinsville was just impressive. But like, it's impressive the win, but to score points in every stage of the round of eight. Well, we really we scored points in every stage in the last four races. And that's, that is, that just shows the overall strength of the team. That means you're not, you know, losing track position or or having bad stops. Uh, So yeah, it was, as far as Ryan goes, I think just finishing off Talladega and being like, Hey, we're doing this. Well, that was part of, that was part of the conversation or some of the topics that the media was really poking on with that, with team Penske in general, lacking a lot of pace. And it was almost like a survive in advance. Joey talked about it last year. They didn't have a lot of pace throughout the course of the year and timed it right uh, towards the end of the playoffs. And Ryan kept harping on it, particularly in his post-race interviews after Phoenix, was they got hot at the right time. They, they A lot of hard work by Jonathan Hassler, the crew chief over there, uh, who had a pretty good who had a pretty good quote. I saw sent him a lawsuit for trying to steal stacking pennies. Uh, talking to, Sitting there next to Roger Penske, Talking about how what he I mean, what was he referring to? Just details on the course of the year, right? Dude, you know the car, right? Like I, I think when Roush had went on their kind of run in the seventeen won three races or whatever it was, it was like, Hey, stop blaming it on the car. These guys have the same thing. Let's go. And I think it was kind of a wake up call for everybody. Uh but yeah, he said you just stack pennies, pennies become nickels, nickels become dimes, then you all of a sudden you have dollars. Which is why the name of this show is what it is. That's exactly. that's so much of what cup racing is, especially now that we all have the same parts and pieces. It's just little it's stuff everywhere. Little stuff. So, and it's it's everywhere. It's from the racetrack to pit road to in the garage area during the week. It's it's just a little bit everywhere. So you mentioned before we started rolling here, it feels like a weight is off your shoulder. I'm, I'd imagine a weight probably feels like it's off of Blaney's shoulder as well. But what's the overall sentiment behind that twelve teams mindset after the? after the checker flag was over. Yeah. So it's just been a ton of like, it's just been a ton of work. And I think that's why Hassler, you know, said that the stack and pennies thing, because like when I got put on this car last year in the middle of the season, it, it was kind of, everybody was a little bit at each other's throats and there wasn't, 
there just wasn't like a winning culture around it, right? Like the culture was like what Kyle Petty said, like, yeah, they're going to run good, but they're going to fold up from, from top to bottom. And the people on this team have all won championships. They've all been super successful. Uh, and it was just kind of, it, it, it's so easy to become like a road crew and a pit crew separated and you don't really ever spend time together, but to be in the same shop, like Hassler's brought everybody together. We work out as one team on Wednesdays and Blaney's been around a lot and it's just getting together and, and humanizing each other. Right. That way it makes it so much easier to, when you do have a tough stop or you don't have the fastest car that weekend or some, you know, you're inevitably through a 38 week season going to have your downtimes. And that's when the strength of your team is tested. And then also when you're in a championship run, that's when the strength of your team is tested because that's when you got to realize who has everybody's back and you know, who has everybody's back. Like if if I think the guys behind the wall have my back and they know that I have their back, we're all going to be better. That's right. And the same thing with Blaney too. Like there, there was points in time where like the conversation has been had like, Hey man, if we have a bad stop, like we know, yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we didn't want to have a bad like we, stop. Like we know, and and that's uh, and and you also have to know like Ryan. To know Ryan, you got to know Dave, and they're like very quiet, unassuming guys. But everybody found out again this weekend when he flipped Ross Chastain off and kind of let him have it on the radio. There's a lot of fire in there when that when that dude puts his helmet on. Well, it's a competitor, right? I mean, everybody kind of handles the pressure. Everybody kind of ha- handles the the emotions you feel driving a race car a little bit differently. And I'll say this, he's pretty consistent. Whether it's a good day or bad day, Ryan Blaney is fired up on the radio. Dude, always. It's funny because it comes up like every, like three or four times a year. People are like, man, Blaney really gets yeah. after on the radio. It's every week. I saw a, a, a chart of uh, F-bombs throughout this season. I guess there's somebody like that live. Yeah, there's somebody that live tweets uh, the radio. Because uh, they go on the NASCAR app and listen to it, and they yeah. live tweet it. And yeah, the f bombs on the radio. It's uh, Blaney was down like point like well, tenth of a percent. He was down, but uh, from for this season. Yeah, but our spotter Josh Williams was up quite a bit, <laughs> and Hassler was at zero. He's got in three years. Hassler has one f bomb. Oh, yeah, I had a couple this week. I generally try. Yeah, what what was going on? We just ran like a. Bro- I How mean, much in your head when your car wasn't fast was like, okay, don't wreck because we got to finish this off? Not much. I, I was just trying to drive it as fast as I could so I can see if there was any potential speed in it. There just wasn't. We struggled with the handling uh, from practice, trying to get some rear grip built into it. Couldn't couldn't get a handle on it and uh, didn't make any really positive gains in the race and just legitimately raced A.J. Amendinger for like second to last all day. Uh, so it, it sucked to finish off the year uh, like that. Because I feel like we have done everything in our control really well. Um, the stat of I thought we were one of like thirty that went all seat went all year without a DNF. I guess we were one of only fifteen. Oh wow! That have ever went the entire season with no DNF, which um, I, I think that that bodes super super well for our team and the, just the the ability of to prepare cars that are reliable. And we've had there's one thing riding around dead last and finishing all the races, but we were in the mix. Um, Couple several career bests, more laps led by probably two hundred percent than every other year in my career. Um, several top tens, so every measurable stat um, for our seven team this year is better, uh, and that's just like literally what we talked about: stacking pennies. So we're just doing the small details right, finishing races. Um, unfortunately, we ended on a down note, but 
trying to really be positive of our team because we should celebrate the season we had. It's been better than pretty much everybody that's worked at our team. Spire's best year by far. My best year as a driver by far. Sparks' best year as a crew chief by far. So, like, it is hard to celebrate those small things, but it's the things we set out to do, and they were lofty goals when we set them, but when we achieve them, it's like you get acclimated to those goals, and it's like, hang on a second. We were nowhere near as good as we are right now last year. Yeah. So let's not, like, forget about the progress we made. So trying to keep that in perspective has been uh, somewhat challenging this week, especially uh, now that we feel like we're a top 20 team every week um, to end like that is frustrating. But there's a uh, NASCAR organization test December 5th and 6th. So we'll be able to cut some laps in Phoenix. 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 Yeah. Everybody's uh, going new. Up, no, there's probably six teams going. Okay. Trying the new up down splitter, some different tire combinations, uh, some different diffuser combinations for our car and just for me to cut some laps of phoenix that's been our that's been our kind of our i love the the talk like you hear a lot of stuff like well like talking about deserving champions but like if talking about testing that's what makes me think of it is everybody's like well you know if blaney makes the phoenix he's good there so it's gonna work out for him and it's like well hell everybody knows we're going to phoenix for the last race it's been on the schedule like but again all year like Ryan Blaney wasn't just born being good at Phoenix. Yeah, it's a lot of work, on. right? And that's where, like, I loved so much last week when the lucky thing came up, right? Because it's, that's it. Like, you know that next year at Phoenix, it's going to – if That's where if we finish. The, if the seven car has a chance to win a championship. You got to be good there. You have to be good there. Everybody knows that. And every it depends on how you work at it, right? You, no one's going to go – well, we have no shot at winning the championship because we're not. My driver's not rookie to Phoenix. Yeah, nobody thinks that's that. not. That's no, you, not a thing. You put freaking hours on the simulator until your retinas burn out to try to get better at it and find little nuances about it. But yeah, I, I still laugh about that question because somebody that would ask or something, somebody that would insinuate luck getting that twelve team to the championship four hasn't put the work in themselves. Yeah, and chalks it up to luck. Yeah. There's nothing lucky about it. You put yourself in the right positions to be. To be it the uh, on the positive side of breaks, right? Whether it's pace, whether it's positioning on the racetrack, whether it's pr- preparation, all of that doesn't happen by chance. Well, it's like I come back to the thing you told me years ago: is those who know know, the ones who know will know. And like the fans are always going to roast you, right? Like, yeah, I'll go on Twitter and they'll be like, "Yeah, but you lost spot to the five on the last stop." I'm like, "Yeah, sure did." Like. Also did a not you know a nine nine and they were three tenths better on the stop and I think half second better it was like half and half better on rolling time they were better than the twenty four on rolling time, which Kyle Larson is super aggressive getting to pit road we saw that at Homestead and dude he almost we were down there in uh we were down there in pit stall thirty eight so you could see everybody entering the track was that him that was blocked all four tires up smoking he almost blew the twenty fours back bumper off again really? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to Just him. No and Cliff. To yeah, I was talking to him and Cliff after the race, and I was like, "Yeah, I saw you almost ass packed the twenty four. And he, Cliff, was like, "I didn't even have to look at the TV. I knew you were going to do that again." <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that dude, the emotions are like that money stop though. That's, What'd that feel like, dude? It, I, I think it was because you guys were the first, probably one of the first cars to peel off. Yeah, so it was kind of, it was kind of like peaceful back there because. Really, there was just buses. Like if you're on the backstretch, yeah, especially down buses, towards two. and there was just like one lady 
standing on our bus. But if you turned around and looked towards the pit box, and we were in it, there was an opening in front of us, and it was packed, and there was one lady that was like, God, like freaking out the whole race. I don't know how she kept this energy the whole race, but I, I, so caution drop, what, 15 to go, maybe? uh, I think it was like 30. Okay. But it was like, um, now are you guys on your open comments be like, all right, boys, this is it. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah. and, And it was, it was a it was a good stop. It wasn't a great stop, but it that's what and I and I took a little bit of offense to Todd Gordon on Inside the Race this week said they said what Steve Latard asked him, What are your quarrels with the twelve? And he said, The pit crew, it's not a bad pit crew, but like if it, they just don't have the pace like the five car does. And Steve Latard said, Yeah, these guys are a diesel engine. They just keep chugging. They're not they're not gonna you know, set the, like, they're not going to do the fastest pit stop. They're not going to hold that record, but they're going to keep you in the race. And I go back to like, when I first got into changing tires, that's, that's what my point I'm going with is when, as a pit crew, you sometimes want to, you chase that number or you want to be the best on pit road. The Hendrick cars have been better than everybody all year long. Nobody's been able to match their pace consistently. It was their four cars and then the rest of the field. Then you give them pit stall one and pit stall six where they're two of the best pit stalls at Phoenix. But our goal, and and I go back, I, I, I heard something the other day that said, uh, really when you're nervous, you're just anxious. It's just anxiety. And I heard that anxiety and gratitude live in the same place of your brain. So it, you can't have both at the same time. So... What what it had been for me this week, instead of being anxious about it, it was just like really reflecting on like the journey it's been to get here, uh, why I started, right? Like when that caution comes out, I don't go, oh, f-. yeah, I go. This I put is, a lot of work. This in. is why you started. Yeah. Like when we were yeah. when we were working out above the seat shop, and I was at Roush hitting lug nuts at lunchtime, like when they wouldn't even give me a shot to do anything. What there. Was that two thousand eight? 2007, 8, like I went 2007, 8, 9, and 10 in the pit practice area by myself. Like I wasn't even part of the pit crew. I've just built side skirts and crush panels in the fab shop. And I was like, hey, I want to be a tire changer too. And they were like, yeah, you can't do that. You'll never do that. And it, that, there was like one guy, Rodney Fetters, who I actually just texted. Good stat. He pitted for you and your dad. Him and him and Brad Robinson, him him and Brad Robinson, who's the who's the gas man emoji from Roush, they helped me out a lot. Um, the guy who's like their athletic director was like, wh- "Who are you?" Like that's what he said to me. Like that's where I was in my tire change career. He's like, "Yeah, okay, man, see yeah, ya." Don't let the door hit you. you know, in the like, ass on the yeah, way out. like <laughs> bye. Um, so I just regularly ref- reflect on that and those times in the pit stop area, and then going to Stuart Haas and getting the chances. And and I I go back to Cheddar Bob, who's Longtime car chief on the four car. And uh, he was our gas man on the 39 with Ryan Newman before he was a car chief. And he would always say, when I first got in that car, I was probably in a little over my head. And we were right away in the playoffs. And he would say, uh, keep him in the race. Give him a chance. Just give him a chance. We don't want to be superheroes. Just give him a chance. And that's kind of how we approached this year. We had been through so much on the 12. We lost a race every single way you could ever draw up. We could write a book on how to lose a race, whether it be on pit road, on the track, whatever it is. Right. So it's like, okay, we are going to be the most solid pit crew on pit road. We are going to keep them in the race. We're going to give them a chance and we're going to come out 
you know, within one or two, we're going to, you know, gain tain, either come out, come out within one or two of where we, where we, where we came in. And on the last stop, we know we did a good one and we put the ball in his court. Yes. The, the five beat us and we almost beat the one car out. We were to their door numbers and the 24, you're not going to beat them. It's all one. Like they were touch bad on, on the average on the day we were fourth or fifth. I think the five car was second and the 24 was one behind us fifth or sixth. So like we had a very, we had a championship day on pit road. It's just everybody puts so much stock into that last pit stop because the five car won, won the race there. Well, like, yeah, the five cars pit stop at Phoenix that year when the championship was badass, but they don't win it without having pit stall one. Yeah. Like I would, I would say that pit stall one is such a huge advantage at Phoenix. They might need to move the line. Let's move it, move it to box two. Yeah. Hey. I, I don't know. Like, I like I like the fact that it's the advantage. If you I do too. I yeah. qualify in the pole, that ought to set you up with not a full step forward, but like a half step forward on the field. Yeah. I I guess it just depends on if you have the pole or not. If you like if it's an yeah, advantage. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's or right. if you're racing the guy that, that's on the pole. But yeah, it was we did if when we sat down at the beginning of the year, that's that was our goals. And we executed our goals and it won us a championship. So there's like no better feeling than that. Mm talking about executing goals and we're talking about a couple guys obviously we're talking about the champions right now but let's shift gears a couple guys who weren't even in the championship four you mentioned cheddar bob car chief on that four car kevin harvick's last race my man was looking like he was gonna steal a show for a second i thought he was he lapped me i'm like get it go go (laughs) he drove up there and passed the 24 i was like damn harv so that was cool to see. I think the, the track changed and, and it didn't really play. Did anything happen on pit road? Or I think they might have lost a little bit of track position on pit road, but their car might, their car, they, you know, there's cars like when it's so good in clean air and you get behind, you yeah. it, it's so good in clean air that you get a stop or two behind on adjustments once you get in mm-hmm. traffic. That's, yeah, and then you just can't get back. There's just not enough pit stops to get it to make it better. God, I would love to see Harvick roll out, deuces with the win, but where do you end up finishing? I don't, I don't know. I, he was in six, six. He was in the top 10. Well, I think he's finishing a top 10, what, 35 races in a row for like the last said, 12 years. They, there was a stat during the race that said the last time Harvick finished outside of the top 10 at Phoenix, none of the championship four had even made a cup start yet. That is unbelievable. That is un, dude. Like every race, that you go to Phoenix, Kevin Harvick is going to finish in the top ten. He should have won the first one here this year. That might that might be one of the all time greatest stats in NASCAR history. Yeah, definitely an overlooked one. Certainly, you know, to be top, I think you know, I'm sure Richard Petty, what he win like forty times at North Wilkesboro or something like that. But Kevin Harvick, modern day NASCAR top ten in I don't know, it was like twenty two, like twenty two or twenty three in a row. That's unbelievable. Let's read, let's read just Kevin Harvick's stats real quick. 23 cup seasons, 60 wins, 31 poles, 16,058 laps led, and one cup series championship in 2014. He's won all the crown jewels. Daytona 500, Southern 500, Brickyard 400, Coca-Cola 600. Where do you list him in the all-time greats? As far as, like, guys, I mean, he's, I would say he's in the, I would say he's in the top 10, top 12 for sure for me. He's top 10. Yeah. Um, Do you put him ahead or behind Tony Stewart? I'd probably put Tony ahead of him. Um, 
just because he's won more championships. Uh, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'd want either one of them driving my race car. If I had Hell a race car, yeah. I'd want either one of them driving it. So I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, I'd have to look at stats, but like just, just my brain right off the bat, I would say I'd go with Tony, but hell, Kevin Harvick ain't no slouch. He ain't no slouch. Uh, I, I do think that the, just the, the garage and uh, driver's voice is going to, is going to certainly realize his absence. Uh, he's been super vocal in the meetings um, just about the, the progression and the places that they want to take the sport, whether it's aero packages or tires or just overall, um, I don't know, driver star power, if you will. But it's going to be super cool to have him in the booth. I think he's going to really bring some energy and some seriousness to that Fox broadcast, which I'm excited to see. But I think if I'm Stuart Haas, I'm worried about that guy leaving too because that guy is a boat rower. For sure. He is a captain, if you will, keeping everybody straight. So it's going to be a pretty inexperienced driver lineup over at SHR. And when you lose one of the top 10 greatest drivers of all time, a lot of big shoes to fill over there. Thank God they got that cool-looking Mustang for next year because that thing looks like he's got that, some downforce. Dude, them fenders are gnarly. Yeah. But, you know, like, it looks it looks cool. And, and they admit they had a had an issue this year. Um, so I'm sure that they didn't make it worse. Yeah. But – what do you do? You got any good Harvick stories? I got a good one. Uh, no, I just Har- Kevin Harvick was a mother <laughs> pit around. <laughs> he would run your heels over. Yeah, yeah, but Snatch but like ankles. but like you just kind of knew it was coming. Uh, so that I I really never really talked to him until that day in your dad's office since he's been coming around with Keelan getting seats fitted and stuff. Yeah, we've been building a lot of seats for Keelan lately. Uh, I would say I've got several um good Harvick stories, but Delana. Kevin's wife was my dad's PR girl at at uh, Phoenix. So, so for James Finch, the yep. one Bob Evans car in like 99, 2001, kind of in that range. Um, so we've known each other for a long time. She's known me since I was a little kid. But uh, we were having a hard time built. So we dad beg, borrows, and steals this car from some warehouse. <clears throat> It, uh, it was old Penske drops. Did I tell a story? Yeah, on the you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, dro- you dropped story. it off over there. Yeah. Well, he call- I'm sure dad texted him or something. He calls the shop on the, on like the landline at the shop. Hey, bring that thing up here and we'll finish yeah. it for you. Couldn't find spindles. Couldn't find lower A-frames for it. Literally dropped it off. He had people build it, get all the parts for it. Um, Damn good car. And it was a good car. Um, I think we ended up finishing third with it. Blew up leading it over. Uh, so that thing was sporty. Then we were, he gave you a ride at Rockingham in, in one of his personal cars. Gave, one time. let us borrow one of Ricky Carmichael's Arca cars. So yeah. we got a motor from PME and we thrashed on it. Clutch Dude, was burned I remember out that clutch the being burned out. Practice. I think we missed practice. Yeah, you. They were practicing it, and we were at the Wayno shop. was in the shop. Yeah, we were all in the shop putting a clutch in it. Yeah, so we missed practice, and th- we ended up running like eleventh or twelfth. Um, so that was pretty cool to do that. He's done a lot of stuff for me, but so so much stuff for people that you know it do- doesn't make media another another one i had uh shoot what was it i don't know i forgot but i'm sure i'll say it another time you yeah. guys heard that one kevin harvick uh is a legend certified legend oh, Do you know yeah. who else certified legends them dogs oh there was a dog that caught on fire this week let's get into it let's get right into it after this You can host the best backyard barbecue. 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Do your pennies stretch as far as they used to? Most likely it doesn't. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem, every new dollar makes each one of your dollars worth less, robbing you and every other hardworking American. You can stop this cycle of robbery by diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold, an asset that has stood the test of time. Our new sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their retirement savings with physical precious metals. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, to 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your free info kit by texting Corey to the number 989-898. Go check them out. Put some pennies in some gold. All right, guys, it's time for some pit road boats and woes, several woes and several dogs on pit road because we had three sets of championship dogs. Where we, where you want to start? Uh, yeah, so Xfinity, guys, I don't – hey, not doing a great job as pit road reporter, but I don't know who pits Ben Road's truck, but good job to them. Yep, good job. The the uh, double zero Cole Custer's guys, um, they're a lot of the, the 40 – the 14 guys. Okay. So the ones who have the world record pit stop, Dakota Ratcliffe, Shane Papaya, um, on Sunday, the ones who did that 8-4, Shane Papaya was the one that was absolutely going insane on pit road. So good for those guys. And then, yeah, our our, our group, um, we've, we've talked about them. Uh, so, yeah, dude. Shout out to those guys one more time. On my guys? Yeah. Trevor Apsey. Dog. Not the dog. We're not the dogs of the week. No. But they're dogs. Uh, Trevor Apsey, uh, Carrier, Jordan Osinski, Jackman, Zach, Zach Price, two-time champ, rear hey. changer. Uh, Who did he win the championship with first time? Joey. Okay. Yep, and uh, Chris Conklin, Gasman. Dog. And I changed front tires. Somewhat of a dog. Some old dog. Be a dog. <laughs> I don't need no cats. Mound. Uh, but uh, – but yeah, that dude, the big one. So it was a bummer for the twenty car. You know, they they set, they won the pit crew challenge on the fifty four earlier in the year. And do they do a good job on the broadcast of explaining why rotors blow? Uh yeah, I think they they did a really good job. I saw a cutaway car and. Uh, so they talk about cooling, yeah, and get hot was, and get too cold, and then pow. If you look up, if you look on Twitter, Parker Klingerman put it up, and he's like, I don't know how I don't know how say I don't know if Emmys get nominated for, but it was really good. And yeah. Latart, I mean. Latard is like second to none. He's doing. He does. Like, he crushes so good. It, dude. He crushes. So, um, so yeah, it's they do a good job with that. And it sounds like they just had like I go back and watch the first stop. Not I don't know tape, right? I watched the pit stops. It looks like they had really aggressive brake pads in it because all those guys and it happened up and down pit road all weekend. Um, all those guys fell in brake dust coming around the car. Like they tripped up in it. Mm. it happened on uh, even on our teams on the twenty two. Trevor slipped in it. Um. Yeah, there was there was a lot of brake dust, and then the pit stalls are like fresh concrete. So mm-hmm. when it sits on there, it's just slick. Uh, but 
The one, dude, did you see the Xfinity race? Yeah. See Sammy Smith, 18 car start on fire? I was there watching outside the track, so I didn't have a screen to look at it. I was that. just listening to the MRM broadcast. Then I saw a video, and my man was on fire. Ryan Zunk. Dog, the dog of the week. Of the week. Dog, dude. Yeah, so Ray Hernandez, gas man, we went, uh, sometimes you fuel heads stick open or whatever, you go full Andrew Lackey, the gas man on two car, and just, there was Spray obviously over. a big fuel spill, and there's a couple different angles on Twitter, we'll put them up on, on uh, our Instagram here at Stack and Pennies as well, but come around, he sparks a lug nut on the left it's, rear. It's like it's in slow motion, like when you hit that lug nut, and there's that one spark, tink! It sucks all the oxygen out there. But remember when so, he tried to catch me on fire? I was, oh yeah. This I'll son of a that. bitch. We had, the, I don't know why we put a bonfire, like a, a big bonfire pit right next to the racetrack, but it was a great idea at the time. And after the race was all over, we had boxes and we had pallets and we had this. We're going to have a big old, we're going to have a big old bonfire. We stacked this thing and it's a six foot high mountain of just stuff to burn we also got the great idea we got a couple extra gallons of, of methanol we put in these go-karts left over so why not just make this thing a gigantic inferno and we're dumping this gas well this son of a bitch lights a piece of cardboard that was the size of about a half a sheet of paper and he's holding it and the flame is getting lower and lower meanwhile casey and i are still like dumping this gas so he just it started to burn his fingers and he flicks it. And it was like, I saw him do it. And it was like slow motion as it like, I turn around and literally, like you said, the, the, the damn oxygen. Yeah. It was a big explosion. Uh, not my proudest moment. I, you're like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I didn't want to burn my fingers. My finger. But like, I literally could have thrown it anywhere else in the field other than the pit of gasoline. But, so yes. that's what my man was standing so, in. But like so much of being a picker guy is just high level decision making and staying calm under pressure. Right. So that's why Ryan Zuck starts on fire, then stands up, casually walks over the fireman, puts his arms up. He's like, hey, I'm on fire. Then he's like, hey, missed the spot over here, my left hip. Then he just turns around, walks back to the left rear. They're still, the firemen are still spraying the ground. He looks back at them like, okay, stop. It's out. Tightens the wheel and they go on. So that, mm. I mean, there ain't no other definition. If that ain't a dog on pit road, then I don't know what it is. That's the definition of a dog. And that's what, like I said, that's what pit road is made of. That's what all of our dogs of the year have been. Go back to Charlie Plank and all the guys that have set fast pit stop times. The six car wins the mechanics wear award. Uh, they've been a great pit crew um, all year long. They've had a ton of speed throughout the playoffs. So, Kudos to them hey. on winning the the mechanics for award, but also kudos to my man Ryan Zunk for hanging in there, starting on fire, not panicking. Hell, Spinning he's got a full show. he's got a full beard. He's a grinder. He's a apparently he's, he, he's like me. He's not like not like an athlete type. He's a, he's a grinder. Uh, he's the guy that kind of when he does five, he's a really good five lug. The guy was at Roush for a while, and you know when they get in a bind and either have people hurt or penalized, he comes in and bails them out on one lug nuts. So he's a, he's, he's a good dude and, and definitely the dog of the week. Mm. So it's a big honor. Last dog of the year. Last dog of the week. And hey, we go out with a, go out on fire. Literally. Might as well. So go out in a ball of flame. 
We'll have some more dogs for you next year. We're going to have some 2023. We're going to give some grades here. We're going to do some report card grades for several teams that we picked out right after this. See if y'all agree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For me, race day is a great reason to shut down the laptop, put the phone on silent, and simply enjoy the driving. But Mobile One wants to remind you that you can get that same kind of escape any day of the week. How? By simply hopping in your car, rolling the windows down, and hitting the road. No emails, no calls, no work, just freedom. Mobile One, for the love of driving. And we're back. End of the end of the year, you just get a, you get a grade. That's what the teacher gives you. Report card. A report card, if yeah. you will. End of the year grade to see if you passed. Some guys did. Most guys did. Some guys didn't. We're going to start off with the 24. Huh? William, William Byron coming to fruition in his career, if you will. He's growing a beard. He's also growing a hell of a career while he's at it. My man had a hell of a season. Let's read the stat line. William Byron, 25 years old, six dubs this year. He has won a race in the last four seasons. You know, 15 top fives, career high. 21 top tens, also a career high. Four poles, career high. Um, finished where? Second in the championship. Third. Oh, it was the five, and then the yeah. I feel like I got to give William Byron a, uh, maybe yeah. a plus. I agree with that. I think that I think they graded themselves this week, and he gave himself like a B or something. But that's an A, that's an A plus year. I mean, you put yourself in position to win a championship. It's not you know it's going to work out or it's not one one race a year, and absolutely. Yeah, him and Rudy were I, the be- I mean, I think the most solid team throughout the course of the year. Yeah. They just didn't win the last race. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Danny. 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 Three wins, 14 top fives, 19 top tens, and four poles. They had a hell of a year. Um, but it's just, it's kind of the same thing that we've seen with Denny, right? Great. One of the greatest race car drivers ever do it. Probably one of the highest racing IQs we've ever seen. But the championship just eludes them. Um, and uh, that'll be another talking point next year. But it was also, I mean, obviously it didn't go as long. It was also a talking point with uh, with uh, Kyle Busch for a long time. So he got it done. He got it done. See if Danny can. But I'd give, I mean, I'd give Danny's group. That's, how, many, how many more does he have, you think? I think I he's got know. two. I, I, yeah, I would say like Kevin Harvick would have had more than he did, but he didn't. He's younger than Kevin Harvick, but yeah. you just never know when it's going to be done. Never know. 
I want to do a head to head. Okay. A lot of chatter in the offseason. Tyler Reddick versus Kyle Bush. More or less swapping rides. I know it's not. Tyler Reddick essentially going from Chevy to Toyota, a JGR satellite team, and then Kyle Bush occupying his his seat. Same amount of wins Kyle Bush had in that eight car as Tyler Reddick had last year. But I felt like TR was a little more competitive than eight. Definitely went further in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you look at Kyle Bush, three wins, five top tens, 17 top – or five, 10 – Top five, 17 top tens. What was the what was the 45? Two dubs. 10 top five, 16 top tens. Yeah, so much of this, man, is about when your team gets hot, like we've been talking about. And it used to be, you know, the season. They're hot for the season. But now I said yeah. I said it at the beginning of the playoffs. It's three weeks. Yeah. It's a three week cycle. And well, when we left the West Coast swing, it looked like you just go ahead and give Kyle Bush the Amen. trophy. Amen. Uh, that feels like it was two years ago. I mean, the, him and Randall were on one to start the season. Big dubs. These f- years are getting longer. I'm telling you, dude, it's a grind. It's getting like we we have said the word grind a lot, but it's definitely getting it longer. It's a freaking grind. So to start, we were just looking at it today, actually, in, in our comp meeting from L.A. until um, actually, there might be an off week in between L.A. and Daytona. From the Daytona 500, it's 22 straight weeks. Until that two-week Olympic break in the summer. Yeah. And then you close it on out. But, hey, we also know what we signed up for. But it is – I'm ready I'm ready for the offseason. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to rock. I'd say I'd say when you look at the 8 and the 45, their success came at different times. Obviously, the 45 went a little bit deeper in the playoffs, but I'd say they had lateral moves, lateral years. Think so? Um, yeah, I, I, think I would Tyler think so. Reddick had a bump from last he, year. He had a little bit more pace. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean, as far as when you just look at results, I, I think that they're both upset. I think Kyle Bush a little bit more of a proven driver, so that his team is probably thinks they should have done a little bit more with it with a you know a champion and who Kyle Bush is. And Tyler Reddick, you would say, is still growing. Yeah, and I think in a was, team that's still growing. Yeah, there's still there was a couple instances wins they just gave away on pit road. Nashville wheel falls off leading the race. Yeah. A couple other times they were in contention and weren't able to get the job done. I would give the 45 a B minus. Yeah, I'd, I'd give him a, a straight B, B plus. Um, Six in points. Yeah, let's give him a straight B. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love, I'll, I'm going to see him next week. Down I, I also so I'm think, ask him. ask him, I'm curious what he would give a grade for himself. Let's also be specific. We're not going to give grades that are, measured against the champion right i think we give grades on the execution and the overall success of that of that team versus the expectations correct yeah that's oh yeah it's the, everybody's graded on a curve here yep here it's the here in the stack and penny's lounge here in the stack and penny's lounge the teachers are strict uh what do you give what do you give kyle bush i i just give them a b as well my order like a b yeah like a b minus they just with kyle bush you, you're graded on a curve no doubt i mean the guy's three but, champ but RCR, when's the last time a driver won three races at RCR other than last year with Tyler Reddick? That's true. Um, it's been a minute. Yeah. Since the 2014 champ Kevin Harvick was there. Yeah. Um, Kevin Harvick's final season. Oh, man. Probably see. Yeah, it's not good. It just didn't close out. Like, the closer didn't close out. 
And it was just, and, it was and a little bit of everything. He was 10 spots ahead of the other three cars in camp. And those guys were just rowing that ball, boat as hard as they could. SHR just missed it. Hey, yeah. Storehouse has a lot of work to do. Good for them for winning the Xfinity Championship. Two years though. removed from, uh, congrats on the Xfinity Series Championship. Uh, two years removed from Kevin Harvick winning nine races. Yeah, man. It's this, hey, it's next gen cars. Hey, hey, this ain't owned. It's rented, it right? Is it's rented and you got to pay rent every year. That's mm. for sure. Uh, and then the old seven car. Um, yeah, uh, some they asked me they asked me this question exactly. What grade do you give yourself? That's why I presented this for stacking pennies. Uh, I believe that was Jordan Bianchi who asked for uh, our grades, and I will give him the same answer. I believe we had an A minus, even though uh, there were several races where we didn't ex- meet our expectations. I think there was a lot of races that we met our expectations at least, and then overachieved. Um, so A minus, I think there's lots of improvement for us to be had in terms of just pace. If we had the pace that we bring occasionally every six, seven weeks, we'll bring like a heater to the racetrack. We saw Watkins Glen, we had pace, qualified in the top 10, had a leaky left front shock, had to start last at yeah. the hardest place on the schedule to pass. Um, so we shot ourselves in the foot there. I spun out at Bristol when we qualified in the top 10, had a really good car there. Uh, so if we can bring those cars with pace more often, which I know we're capable of, I think we're going to be, I think we could have a Michael McDowell legitimately type season. Um, yeah. like he had this year. I think he, those guys obviously won Indy, uh, to get those guys, but those guys were just solid every week. And I think that our team is capable of that in the future as well. Getting some more consistent teammates, a little bit of uh, track house association with that Zane Smith car, I think will help. Uh, Carson's obviously got a lead foot. Uh, he's going to come over there and, and extract some dude, speed out of ours too. Dude, let's, well, do you uh, want to just get into the trucks? Dude, what do you do with that kid? Tell him not to wear his own t-shirts to the racetrack. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Yeah. I like, I haven't been like a real on like the, I haven't been like really on like the Carson host for hate train by any means. There's been a lot of people on it, but dog, what are you doing? Race going to the front like Daniel Suarez says. I heard a great. I, I, Where are you going, amigo? To the front. You can tell that like there's not a Ron Horn today to punch these kids in the face. Yeah. And and I, I talked to. Not a um, good look. I was I was having a conversation with another driver this week that had a conversation with Ty Gibbs, and Ty Gibbs brought up a good point. He said, "I've never, I've only raced against kids who pay for their rides and 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 race this way, right? Like." But if you look at it, right, even from super late models and up, there's nobody. I mean, you ain't going to you ain't going to run into Bubba Pollard, right? Or Matt McCall or or Jamie Yelton but, right back in the day. But those are but those guys aren't in ARCA. Right. Right. And these kids aren't going to it doesn't seem like they're going to Nashville Fairgrounds to learn anymore. I mean, they stop there, but they're not doing it weekly enough to get in a quarrel with somebody. Yeah. But you go to ARCA and it's. It's not really that. And then the truck series really doesn't have that. I mean, I know Matt Kraft and punched Nick Sanchez, but the getting punched is one thing. But when you have like, I, I heard Dale Jr. talk about it. Like when you have Terry Labonte show up at your bus, say, hey, mother- yeah, like that's a different, yeah. that's a different deal. Or you have, you know, in, in the cup series, you have that with Kevin Harvick, you know, you used to have Kyle it Bush. in the, in the Xfinity yeah. series a little bit more. Like even Elliot, even Elliot Sadler brought that to the table in the, in the Xfinity series. And it's just not the elder statesmen that we used to have. Those series are just younger with with funded drivers now, um, and it makes it tough for like 
it makes it tough for the kids to learn, but like Hosovar is going to learn when he gets to the Cup Series if he keeps that up. I mean, he's super fast. Um, and he's been in the Cup Series, he's though. He's been in the Cup Series for, you know, eight, eight ten races this he year. He plugged you in the fence somewhere. He plugged me in the fence at Darlington. We talked about it um, as well. And I think that we, be, right after that was when he signed up to do our deal. So we just bared it and talked through it and, and kept it moving. But, yeah, I think um, there's been, and there's going to be for everybody. There's just learning moments of etiquette and and – you know, it's freaking hard, man. The trying to prove yourself, trying to drive a race car as fast as possible, trying to earn respect, not really caring if you have respect or not, but inevitably you have to generally race everybody to gain respect. And I think through a full-time season, it's a lot different jumping in somebody's car that you're borrowing and you're the fill-in guy and don't really have anything to lose in terms of points and not worried if you crash, not worried about um, your respect level because it's not your car versus when it's your name on the week on top of the door and it's your guys getting paid bonuses off of your yeah off of your uh how you meet your goals if you finish races do all the things so the pay to play model is more so i won we lost you fix it than anything right like it's like if you're paying if you're if you're funding something you're not like super invested into it which i'm not saying that all these guys aren't but like it you're going to race like you race a rental car at GoPro Motorplex, yeah, right? What's right. the difference? You're going to go out there and use it up and send that guy off into the barriers and yeah. sorry, I'm yeah. trying to win. That's right. So, yeah, it's it's tough, but you're you're going to have your hands full with two rookie drivers next year. Zane's a little bit calmer. Yeah, he, he's a little calm. I mean, I think both are going to be uh, additions to our team and just – I'm glad I don't have to do all the sim work. I, I, I'll let those guys just go. Do I this. love though, like going back to, I remember Ty, Ty was getting crucified last year. Um, and Joey stuck up for him. Joey said, you know, it's really hard to be him. And I'll stick up for Hosmar on this front, even though he's messed up a lot. They're young guys. They're kids. 20. Yeah. And they're learning and they're learning in front of a national stage. So when you mess up at Stafford, right. There's some eyeballs on it. But when you mess up on FS1 in yeah. the championship race, there's right. a lot more people talking about it. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're maturing in front of the nation. Yeah, and everybody sure. has it. And that, hey, being, being a professional athlete, that's part of your job is you get criticized each week by people. Everybody's got a phone. That, that's it. You want to be a pro? It's part of being a pro. I get it. I get, I get crucified every week on Blaney's pit crew. Yep. But those who know, know. That's right. And then what about 12 team? Wrap it all off. Report you win the championship, it's an A+. plus. I'm not going to be one of the dweebs that sits here and like, well, you know, we could have been a little faster if I got off the right front a little bit. No, we won the championship, it's A+. Plus. That's right. See you all next year. Yep, yep. Come, if you don't think it's A-plus year, I'll let you come see my ring when I get it. <laughs> That's right. Come on. It's <laughs> yeah. shiny. Yep, I'm, I'm done with what, all that. What, is, what does it look like, though, um, in terms of just like Team Penske parties? Yeah. Holiday parties. Does it look a little different now that you got the big trophy? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, like last year was so happy for my teammates on the 22, but they're like, we're, I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit of me that was pissed off because I feel like it should have been our championship. And at the end of the year, when you don't win it, it's such a defeating, like just a defeated feeling of just like, oh, got to get back on the horse. Right. And I saw, uh, I saw, we got on the plane yesterday and I saw like a Instagram post from Ryan Priest and it was like, 2024 starts now and i'm like i ain't looking at that car until january 
Technically, like, it doesn't start till January first. No, but like, but you know that you, you get back and put the grind, the work in. But like, man, I'm gonna enjoy this. And and it's you know that the new challenge is when we get to 2024, the hardest time for a team is the year after they win a championship. That's why what Jimmy Johnson did was so impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to face that next year with our guys and work through that. But first, yes, the banquet in Nashville. I'm sure it's gonna be a hell of a time. Blaney's got a lot of music friends. Dang. Um, gonna go see Stitch by Mitch and get a mosaic suit made. Hey, uh, so I'm pretty p- pumped you about manifested that. Manifested that too, by the way. I did. I've been manifesting a lot of this. So what's your idea for a suit? I was going to get it like you got for your wedding. You open the suit up and the, the lining is all the pictures from the year. So I'm picking out some, some pick crew pictures. There should be 10 or 20 pictures in there of just kind of to document our season in the suit and get a nice fitted tux or suit, whatever Stitch rec, Stitch by Mitch recommends. Old Mitch Perkinson, uh, check them out. Yeah. Now, didn't Joey get bolo ties made of the championship trophy? They had bolo year? ties last year. Yeah, I wasn't there, but yeah, that, I saw them. That was a That was a... Hell of an idea. I I think that... Rumor well, has it that there's some ideas swirling around about a potential tattoo. Tattoos, yeah. Would you get one? I would think about it. I, it's not off the table for would me. Would you get it? N- not next it, to my Long John Silver. Not next no. to the Long John Silver. I'd get Where it on would my, you get one? Probably. Ass cheek. If I was like getting a matching tattoo with me with like our team, I would go in like the Blaney spot. And like He's got like that leg he's sleeve. He's got an entire got like Darth, a, Darth Vader on his leg. He's got like an R2-D2 Chewbacca leg. But I would just probably put it down there, some like, because that would be like, yeah, like you don't have to see it all the time, but like, hey, brotherhood, right here, champs, my Chewbacca leg, and I feel like that's everybody's gonna be bought in. I don't, I think that if like everybody signs off, you just can't not get one. Oh yeah, I'm just getting up. Yeah, I've already got some. Yeah, yes, you know, I, I'll put. What I'll do you put, think it's gonna be? I don't know. I gotta say. I would, like I would, it would just be for the me cup a championship tro- trophy, just the silhouette of the, the trophy. The Bill France Cup is pretty sick. It's so sick, dude. That is a cool looking trophy. It's so sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pictures are Nashville. Nashville's That's, gonna be fun. Well, you you might come back with some new ink after. I, hey, I'll go. Get under your eye like a little teardrop, like a teardrop. Like, oh, just a just a championship trophy, just a championship trophy teardrop. <laughs> That is not the Penske way, bro. And then stacking over one eyebrow pennies on <laughs> yeah. the other eyebrow. Oh, yeah. Getting on my knuckles. No, that wouldn't work. Nope. Too many letters. Yeah. Just drop the vowels. Well. Um, we're going to drop the vowels. We're also going to drop some Penny for Your Thoughts questions. Let's go. You, you guys me? fired off some good ones. Unfortunately, uh, Danielle's not here to read them. Uh, we're on a special location, by the way, today. We're in off-axis world headquarters. The guys, Greg Stump and his crew who paints my helmets, uh, we're in transition from NASCAR studio in the basement, the Hall of Fame, to their new building in Concord. So we needed a spot, and Greg opened the door gladly for us, and we set this thing up, and we're chopping up and giving you the Championship Edition episode. And we're going to give you some Championship Edition answers for Penny for your thoughts. Let's run it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From Logan Zachary. Y'all talked a lot about tires on the podcast this week. 
Obviously, the solution is a softer tire. Until that happens, could NASCAR not give teams as many sets? Now, do you think, let's go to the first part of this. Do you think a softer tire is the answer? Uh, so we did it. We, Phoenix had a thicker gauge rubber tread compound on this tire, similar to what they had at Martinsville. Uh, I believe that's the right direction. With that, I think they need to take some durometer, some softness out. Um, or make the tire softer. Now there, I can make a I can make a point for one way or the other. I think there's both an argument, but I I think that people get infatuated by this more power, less downforce, tires that fall off to nothing argument because there's a couple people on social media that you know think it's going to be better, or drivers with the loud microphone. When the cars fall off, when the cars are sliding around, you're not going to get the side-by-side racing as consistently as you might think. Because if the car's a handful by yourself, you're not going to drive it door-to-door next to the freaking guy that's also ass over tea kettle trying to drive his box not hit the wall either. So I think that people get too hyper-focused on, oh, we got to make tires that fall off to canvas and see who's, you know, the real driver's. All you're going to get is cars that are spaced out and you might get one or two guys with some longevity in their setup that might blast through the field if you save your tires, quote unquote, the first couple laps of the run. That's the direction the Goodyear's going. That's the direction we're going to try at the test at Phoenix. They're also trying the up-down splitter. They're trying to take, we're going to have half the amount of downforce at the test as we had at this race. Now, there are certain tracks that just, probably aren't going to provide the best racing and you guys can probably figure out which ones those are. So NASCAR is going to go down that path. Interested to see how it does. I think my couple, my point of view is cars are too heavy. I think they're two, 300 pounds too heavy. They need about 200 more pounds, 200 more horsepower. And I think that they need to take overall tire off the car. Uh, because with these wider wheels, they went from 15 to 18 made the sidewall smaller, but they've also added an inch and a half of, of width per tire. So that's six inches more rubber on the ground than what we had with a oh. heavier car and essentially less downforce because the transaxle robs some more power than the four nine inch did. So if the cars were lighter and they had a little bit less tire on the ground, they would have this a closer weight horsepower to weight ratio is what the previous cars had. So I think you'd be able to slip and slide around a little bit more, but that's way above my pay grade. Would you make a smaller wheel and tire or just make the tire smaller? I would. So I think they can make, make the contact patch. So like the gen, the garage 56 car, they made wider wheels to accommodate a wider tire. So you just make a narrower you wheel. Can, I think you keep the same wheels and you just make the tread of the tire narrower, but I'm also not a tire engineer. So like I don't know sports, how the hell Like a sportsman modified. It won't be that egregious. No, I know. But if you took an inch out of the, off the inch and a half that they, added you're going to get somewhat back within reasons just taking overall rubber off the ground um i i don't think but until that happens could nascar give teams like not as many sets ah. i mean we didn't give teams many sets for um i don't for care. wilkesboro so, right and it wait they didn't change much no so it's not gonna if you restart the the race on 70 lap old tires you're not going to get people smashing into each other no. You get people running into each other and spinning each other out on new tires. When you have some grip and you can attack the corner 
and you can attack the center of the corner and generate a run. You're, if everybody's slipping, sliding around like Wilkesboro, when Kyle Larson could have lapped the field if it went another 25 laps, is that what we want to do? I don't think so. So do you, um, I don't like, I'm not really in the corner of like, Hey, we need the tires that fall off the canvas and we need zero pounds of downforce yeah. and we need that. So I think that's my argument. I, I would say that, um, if you limit the number of tires for the team, the first thing people would do is just start saving tires. Yeah. Right. And then you just try to save tires to run. But yeah. Second question. The reason we talk so much about the tires, Logan, is because it's the only thing that touches the track as well. That's right. So it makes a big difference. Uh, Nathan Dillard. Ooh, for me. Skip, how many beers did you shotgun? None. I just drank them calmly. Mm. Um, what was the beer choice? Bush Lights? Cause Keystone, were... buddy. Oh, yeah. Team you got that Keem- Keystone sponsorship and then uh, had, a, had a liquor drink or two at the dinner afterwards and smoked a Stogue. Uh, so that was Nathan Dillard. Nathan Grant asks, kind of like how Supercross has the red plate, how would you feel if the champ ran a gold roof number the following year as the reigning champ branding? That'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be cool, too. Yeah. F- F1 does the number one. Don't they do number one? You have the option to run the, the number option. one. You don't have to. Um, Blaney gave Ross the number one this weekend. <laughs> Called him number one. Uh, which I don't have a problem with. Ross has got his team to go drive for too. So I appreciate Ross racing hard. Maybe not arrow blocking a championship battle potentially or doing that, but Hey, it's part of it. Ross is Florida man all the way. He's going to, okay. you, you know what you get, you know what you're getting. I listen, I'm on Blaney's team. I'm not mad about it, but Blaney is old school. He don't like blocking. He don't like slide. You don't like short slide jobs and he don't like arrow blocking. And he's pretty vocal about both. Yep, and um, and, raw, and hey, this is why I love the sport. This is why I love where we're at as a sport because 15 years ago, those guys would have went back to the coaches and called each other and talked about it and waved each other by, yeah. and now it's like, nope, nope. I'm winning. Yeah. I, I, I do love that about I do love that about the Cup Series, yes. So this, I don't want to get down a rabbit hole. I wish drivers when they came into the Cup Series could, cha- could pick numbers like F1. But the problem is the team has the number that has all the equity and all the stuff, right? Team Penske's always going to have the 2 and 12. Um, just like Hendrick's always going to have the 24. So I could see the counter argument, but it would be cool to pick your own number. Like F1 guys. Yeah. I mean, you. It was. I remember when you were going to Spire, it was a big sticking point that you wanted a single-digit number for marketing purposes. Yeah. So that well, we had to do a little negotiating with Tommy Baldwin to get it because he still yeah. had it. Um but yes, I, uh, and also seven was just like my favorite number growing up. So that's just actually coincidental that we got that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's been a hell of a year. It has been a hell of a year. Um, and I love people just screaming at us, stacking pennies. Love it. Packing, stacking pennies fans at Phoenix. Um, so all the stuff that you guys write, all the guys, all the stuff you guys say on social media, we see it and we hear it and we're trying to work and give you guys great great content we're gonna we got a lot of great stuff planned for next year with some video stuff and uh who knows where we go with this thing but we're only going one way and that's to the top to the f-r-o-n-t to the front buddy uh so that leaves this last penny stagger of the week and it's everybody who listens to us Uh, i know that's a cop-out answer but it's not because if it wasn't for you guys tuning in 
then we probably wouldn't be doing this no way because we talked to each other enough during the week. So we just don't, wouldn't want to probably record our pod or uh, conversations anyways. But yet we do it for you because we love you and we love the sport in which we, one of us here now is a champion. In. Let's One go. more time. Congratulations. Let's go. Uh, one last story for the winter to leave you guys hanging on the edge of your seat until we fire this thing back up next season. We might do a Christmas special. Who knows? Actually, I'm, I talked to Eric on I'm trying to get him to come in uh, the studio too. He's got some cool stories on how uh, his next quote unquote adventure is coming about. Uh, how this one ended, where the phone call came and where he's going to be spending a little bit of time next year. He's got an interesting story there. Uh, so, this story, I've been debating it to say on the podcast for a couple of weeks. Um, I believe I've told you this story. I don't know if I have or not. So we were at Texas. This is actually my birthday weekend. So um, at the race, didn't have tremendous speed. We were a 20th-ish place car. Um, and I got a little bit too high out of turn two, spun out during the race. Slid, 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 didn't really get much damage. But as I was rolling a pit road, right retire blew and ripped the quarter panel, duck work, all the st- or the crush panel, all the stuff out. And we just rode around, wounded the rest of the day. Slow, second and a half off. Wounded soldier. Soldier. There is nothing m- that's more cruel and unusual punishment than a driver that made a mistake and has to ride around wounded the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. Dude, it is the freaking worst. Zoom. <laughs> and you feel like everybody in the grandstands is pointing at you laughing you know your guys on the box are just like this no driving son of a bitch right so we went another 300 miles oh man and i'm just and meanwhile i'm in my head like are you ever gonna be good at this are you ever gonna get success are you ever gonna win a race and the answer no sitting there like pouting right no no no, you suck yeah you jackass. Yeah. So I like I get out of the car and I put my head down. And I go to the plane. And I'm sitting on the plane. And I'm making my notes, right? And I'm like going through this like infinite amount of things I could have done different. Why did you try running up that high? You know the PJ one wasn't activated. All this stuff. So I'm I've got my ear pods in. I'm listen. I'm just like nothing. Listening to nothing. It's just stewing, right? And halfway asleep, halfway not, and. Um, the landing gear comes out and it kind of like half wakes me up. But I wasn't really sleeping. And I heard like it was on my phone playing music. I heard the Holy Spirit say, are you done trying to do it yourself? Hmm. So I like looked around. I was like, I, my Kelly was sitting, Kelly was sitting next to me. I was like looking at her like, did you say that? And I was like looking around. I had to, like write it down because it was that clear. Yeah. It was are you done trying to do it yourself? And I like did a quiet time trying to figure out like, what, like, what is this? So I wrote, write it all out. I'm thinking about it for days. Right. It was just like on the front of my brain. Are you done trying to do it yourself? Done trying to do it yourself. So it was, I kind of come to like, I've asked the Lord to come into like all these different areas of my life, my marriage, my friendships, my parenting, all this stuff. And it's easy to do that because you realize really quickly you don't have what it takes to like manage all of it and do it well and like, you know, do all the stuff that you would want to do it the right way without some help. One thing I haven't done is 
invite the Lord into like physically driving. Like you say your prayer protection, but like, all right, dude, I got like, I got this. I've been doing it my entire life. Let me, let me go figure it out. So there's still more to the story. Right. And, and rarely have I just asked the Lord to like, all right, I'm done trying to do it myself. Give me some, like, give me some help here. And the actual act of driving. So fast forward a week, we go to Talladega. We qualified the second to worst car. And there's not much that more chaps my ass and qualifying terrible at super speedway. No, no. So Saturday after qualifying, I am sour, like in the bus watching college game day. You were so mad. I got yelled at about it, dude. I was just in a piss poor mood. There's a freaking Halloween special going on in the DO lot, and all these kids are dressed up for Halloween, and I'm just like a potato on the couch. You're like them Kelly, Scrooge McDuff for I, Halloween. I, I was. Bah humbug. And, and Kelly was outside with Levi, and Levi's going around trick or treat, and Kelly's like, "Get your ass out here and stop pouting." And I said, like, "We're qualified second to last. We're freaking terrible. We're gonna get lapped five times more. We're that slow." And she's like, did you just, did you forget that you, what you heard like six days ago? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that was last week. <laughs> that was, he was talking about last week. It wasn't talking about this week. She's like, just come out here and stop being a sourpuss. So luckily I get on the tractor for a hayride and that tractor went just about as fast as my race car didn't qualify. And so I had time to think about, and I was wrestling with it. Levi's got his candy basket, this, that, and the other thing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done trying to do it myself. Show me something. I, get, I sit in the car on Sunday, buckle up, pull the belts tight. And I said, all right, we qualify second to last. I am done trying to do it myself. Sure enough, we tur- qualified or we turn around and finished fourth. So um, that is how I kind of finished the year of like, all right, I'm done trying to do it myself. But there's a lot of things uh, in my life that I've applied that to now of like trying to not do it myself. And I would encourage everybody that listens to this podcast, there's probably an area of your life that you're probably trying to do it yourself. So this off season, try to figure out what that is and tune back into us next year or next week, or whenever we drop another one of these, be on the lookout. If there's anything good, we're coming at you with some stuff. This is stacking pennies presented by mobile one guys, Ryan Flores, 2023, Cup Series front tire changer champion. Let's and go. Corey LaJoy. This is it. Appreciate you guys.